This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Matt Bolin and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. And so tonight I want to talk to you about being thankful. So the message title tonight is thanks. Thanks. So if you're taking notes, go ahead and put that. Before we get going, we're going to pray. So if you would bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. I thank you and love you for who you are. Father, I thank you for the word and its truth in our world. Father, I thank you that there's a lot of false ideas out there. But Lord, I thank you that there is one true word with a one true God. Father, that you have taught us what it means to love, to give, and most of all, Lord, to be thankful. So, Father, I pray that you would help me to speak this message tonight with simplicity and clarity. Father, that through this message, we may be able to deliver the point to understand who you truly are. So, Lord, with that thought in mind, I pray for open hearts and open ears to receive your word. And not only that, Father, help me to share this message, giving me thoughts and ideas, things that I planned on not saying so the lives would know how much you truly love them. Father, we love you. We thank you. We look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So over the past few months, pastor's been doing a series on the Holy Spirit. And as we think about the Holy Spirit, I always go back to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Because a lot of times when I was growing up, people would talk about the Holy Spirit and it was like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's all I knew. It was the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, you do the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you kiss your hand, and there you go. You got it. And, and I didn't realize, and, and for a lot of years, what I said earlier, I used to call the Holy Spirit an it. Because I couldn't fathom it. I couldn't understand the Holy Spirit. Because if I say, well, the Holy Spirit's here, you're, we, we just kind of think of like this ghost or this like cloud or this. We don't view the Holy Spirit as a person. If I say the Father's here, we get that. We understand that because we all have fathers. If I say the Son is here, we get that. We understand that. Those are so easy Uh, easy concepts to get. But when I say the Holy Spirit is here, it changes everything because now it's not an it, it's a who. And it becomes a he and that he who loves you. And the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that Jesus out of his own mouth said, I have to leave because I have one greater coming to help you. So it tells me when we apply the Holy Spirit in our lives, it forever changes. I can tell you this, I would not be here today. And what I mean here, literally standing here, if I didn't have the power of the Holy Spirit upon me. It was a calling of God that pulled me into this area. Because I could have, I, I had my mindset, I was going to go coach, I was going to teach, I was going to do this. I knew what I wanted to do. But when God came into my life and the Holy Spirit came, it, it changed. I was like, all right, God, what are we going to do? And he's like, you're going to go talk in front of people. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And we went back and forth arguing about it. He says, you're going to go do this. And I said, I'll stand in the back, but I don't want to get up here. And God kept working and working and working. And I remember the first time I spoke in front of people, it was so out of the blue. Guy calls me and says, hey, I need you to speak at FCA, at Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And I'm going, uh, no, I'm just there to say hi. That's really my job. I just greet people as they come in. I don't speak. And he's like, no, you're going to speak this week. This is on Sunday, classmate. We met on Tuesday nights, and I remember thinking, I, I don't know how we're going to do this, God. And I remember I called Pastor Stormy. I was dating my wife at the time, and I called her dad, Pastor Stormy, and I said, how do I do this? And he started talking to me, and he explained a few things to me. I took one scripture, and I really started to dig in on it. 
And I remember when I started, I don't think I took a breath. 45 minutes later, I'm done. And they're just standing there. I thought they were going to fall asleep because all I did was talk the whole time. I didn't allow anybody else to talk. I just kept going. But I remember the Holy Spirit, something jumped inside of me when it happened. It was kind of like when Jesus walked in the room and John was in Elizabeth's womb and Mary walked in and Jesus, and, and it says that John leapt in there. It was like something leapt on the inside of me. And I realized something amazing is going to happen if I follow God. And I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't get nervous when I do this because I, I love it. I have fun doing this. And I think about it and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. And so tonight I want to talk about being thankful in that area. I think at times there was a question asked. Let me, let me state this first. There was a question asked at a pastor's conference one time. And they taught, they asked these two pastors who are mega church. And what I mean by mega church, one of them runs 25,000 people on a Sunday. The other one runs 22,000 people on a Sunday. These are big name pastors. They have big churches, lots of people they preach to. And they said, how do you keep your drive going? Because just like everybody in here, your job becomes tiresome. You wear out. You're like, oh, that's Monday morning. I got to do those things again. Well, it's the same thing even in, in our calling. We get worn out because we give, 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 give. And if we're not putting back in, it's just like anybody else. We, we're going to run out of giving. And so there's a lot of pastors that only last for so long. Then they got to go do something new. And I remember they asked the question to these pastors. They said, what is it? How do you do this? And both of them looked at each other and they said, well, what do you think? And one of them said, you know what? I think the biggest thing is I've never gotten over being saved. And I remember sitting there thinking, I've never gotten over being saved. And I thought about that for a long time. And I thought, you know what? I think of my heart at times I've gotten over getting saved. And what I mean by that is I don't remember who I used to be and how bad it was because I've had it so blessed for so long. And I think about those things and I think if we don't apply that and be thankful for who we have in us, we're going to take it for granted. How many times have you bought something for somebody and you see them with it? Like my kids, man, I buy them. They've gotten blessed with these incredible gifts. I, I'm just blown away with what God has done in their lives. And I see what they play with. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, no, that's amazing. And, and you know, they're, they're excited. Not that they're ungrateful, but you know what? Sometimes we, we take for granted what we have. We take for granted an opportunity to freely meet in church. We take for granted an opportunity to be here on a Wednesday night. We take for granted those opportunities instead of saying, I'm so grateful to be here tonight. You know, when you come in with a grateful heart, you come in with an open heart. When you come in with an open heart, you're going to get touched. You're going to get touched. There's no doubt about it. It shouldn't be, oh, it's Wednesday. I got to go to church. It's Wednesday, man. I cannot, I cannot wait to go to church tonight because I know this. If I don't go to church tonight, I'm not going to make it the rest of the week. I am going to turn into this person that nobody wants to see. So I need to get refilled because I've been given, 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 and I need to get refilled. And so tonight, that's what we want to talk about. And so I want to go over three steps to, to applying thanks to our lives. Ephesians chapter five, if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and start there. We're going to stick right around that area. So for those of you that are looking for Ephesians, it's going to be after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, Romans. It's going to keep going, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and you're going to get into it. And I always remember this. I always share this with our young adults when I would speak with them. Years ago, I, I learned how to memorize some of these things, and it was a word association. And so um, Galatians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, the way I remember the General Electric Power Company, 
For those of you, Jason probably remembers that really well. So every time I hear Galatians, I'm like, General Electric Power Company, Galatians, if you, you know, and it just helps me to remember. So just a free thought right there. So General Electric, so it's the second book, Galatians, Ephesians. So we're going to go to the end of Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 1. And I want you to listen to what he says right here. Very first start, be imitators of God. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. So I want you to understand that key point right there. When we become imitators of God, he says, as dearly loved children, it should be a point to us. How do we become an imitator of God? How do we become like God? He's saying, be like a child. What does he mean that? He means as a child has faith. I remember talking to, I I talk to adults and I'm, I'm going, when the Bible talks about this and Jesus said, don't forsake the children, look at them because you should have childlike faith. What's a childlike faith? Childlike faith is as simple as this. You tell them it's going to happen. They believe it. Plain and simple. They don't question. They don't worry. They say, okay, when are we going to be there? Tonight I took my kids out. We'd been blessed with some, with a gift card to eat dinner. And so I took my kids out to eat. My wife is on our way to a basketball tournament. And so I took my kids out tonight. I didn't tell them beforehand. I just said, hey, we're going to go eat. They're like, where are we going? And I'm like, we're going to go eat. It's okay. And they're like, okay. They just jumped in the car. They didn't stop and say, wait a minute. Are you sure we're going to go eat? Are you really sure? Do you know how to get there? Do I need to get a map so to get you to that place? First of all, do you even know where we're going? Do you know what type of food it is? Is it going to be okay food? Are we going to... Very simple. They just said, okay, they jumped in the car. And that, that's a very simple thing. So be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. Verse 2, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Verse 3, but among you, there must not even be a kind of hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because they're because these are improper for God's holy people. Now, he's not sitting there saying, listen, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Because remember, the righteous man falls seven times, yet he gets up eight. So if you've fallen in that area, that means you repent and don't go back to it. You don't want to be the dog that returns to his vomit. You want to be the righteous man who fell, yet got up. So we come back down to this. And so if we're in that area, you know what? It's improper for these holy people. Why? Because that's not of God. That's not imitating God. Verse four, nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. I think it's amazing right there that God went through and he said, don't do this, 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 but be thankful. That tells me there's something important about being thankful right there. Verse five, for of this, you can be sure. Nor immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So, in other words, what that says to me, because remember, these scriptures tie together. It's a, it's a, it's a letter. So, but rather be thankful. So that tells me this. If I'm immoral, impure, or a greedy person, I'm unthankful, I'm unthankful, I'm unthankful. I'm ungracious, I'm ungracious, I'm, un- I'm taking for granted what God has done. I'm doing these things. That's why he says, be thankful for what you have. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Verse 7, therefore, do not be partners with them. 
And what he's talking about here is very simple. That if we're not careful with the word of God, we miss it. We miss it because when we don't become thankful, we miss the opportunity. We get caught up in greed. We get caught up in immoral things. We get caught up in impure things. Because when we're thankful, all we want to do is please that person. We want to do the best we can for them. I'm so thankful for these people. I'm so thankful that I've got a coach that believes in me. I'm so thankful that I've got parents that believe in me. I just want to bless them. I want to do the best I can for them. Because I want to show them how grateful I am for what they've done. I remember the first time that I got a car, man. It was a 1986 Toyota minivan. Worst vehicle I've ever had in my life. It was, I was so embarrassed to drive this thing. But I wasn't embarrassed enough to take it for granted. I remember driving this thing. and I mean, it looked like a spaceship. I'm telling you, it was terrible. But you know what? It was a blessing. My parents bought it brand new. And now, granted, you may be thinking, oh, that's pretty good. I wasn't born. Like, I didn't turn 16 in 1986. I turned 16 in 1996. So it was 96, 97. So that thing was already 10 years old. The body style had probably changed 18 times since that time because it was so impressive. But I got to drive this thing. And I remember driving it. I was like, oh. But I learned one thing from my dad. He taught me this. He said that if, he said, whatever you have, you take care of. Whatever you have, you take care of. If you don't take care of it, you don't keep it. So I said, okay. So I didn't love that van, but I took care of it. I would wash it. I would vacuum it. I would clean it. My friends loved it because I could fit like 30 people in there. We'd go to lunch. I'd come back and we'd park it over in the thing. And it, it was just it was just one of those things. But I remember when I'd go home, I'd, have, I'd pull out the vacuum and I'd vacuum the van. And I, I remember my neighbor came over and said, why do you do that every day? I was like, because my dad said, if I don't take care of it, I don't get to keep it. And I'd rather have this vehicle than nothing. So I'm going to be thankful for what I got. And I think that comes back down to today. A lot of times we look at our vehicles and we're like, ah, it's no good. And God dealt with me on this. About three years ago, God dealt with me because I was planning on getting a new vehicle. And I was like, I'm going to trash that other one. I don't really care about it. I'm just, I'm going to give it away. I'll clean it when that day comes. And God spoke to me and said, it's not about that day that I'm worried about. It's today. Somebody walked up to your car and got in and said, can I catch a ride? Would you be embarrassed or excited about it? And I said, I'll never be embarrassed for something I'm grateful for, God. So, God, I'm going to take care of it. So every, you know what? I go and I wash my vehicle. I do those things. And you know what? Maybe it's not worth it to everybody, but it's worth it to me because I'm thankful that I have a vehicle that gets me from one place to another. And so take, be thankful in those things. Listen to what God continues to say. Verse 8. It says, for you once were in darkness, but now you are the light of the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Now go back to what he said earlier. Be imitators of God. And we continue to go through it. And he talked about all the things you don't do. But he said, but be thankful. What do you think pleases the Lord the most? Be thankful. Number one, if you're taking notes, is be grateful. Be grateful for what we have. You know, I think about this. Paul was the author of this book. Of the, the chapter that we just read. Paul wrote three-fourths of the New Testament. Paul is what some people would consider the, the greatest disciple of all. He, he was on fire for God. I mean, he was a guy that you would get around, and I mean, it was just, he knew. He knew that he knew God. 
And everything he did centered around God. And since I've been reading these books that that Paul has written, that word thankful continues to come out. Continues to come out. I think that if we were to go ask Paul, did you ever get over being saved? I think Paul would have said, no. I'm so grateful that I'm saved. I'm so grateful that I have a father who loves me. I'm so grateful that I have the Holy Spirit to help lead and guide me. I'm so grateful for all that God has done for me. Even in the times of despair, there's a, there's a time in the book of Romans that he writes about that he says that he was basically like isolated and they cut off all food and rations. And I remember as I'm reading this, I'm thinking, man, it would be so tough to live at that time. I mean, he was, he, he was starving to death. And I remember the, at that moment, he said, I could look at it one of two ways. He said, I could look at it as I'm starving, or he said, I can look at it to honor God. And he said, God, I'm going on a fast for you. Now, people would say, well, it's a forced fast. But he said, you know what? I'm going to honor God with it. I'm starving. I have no food. I have no water. I'm, you know what, God? I'm going to honor you with this. I'm thankful I get to worship you. I'm going on a fast, Father. I fast for you. I'm going to fast food. I'm going to fast water. I'm going to do what I can on that. God blessed him because he had a thankful heart to continue to work in that area. If you kick it back over to verse 20, it says this. Ephesians 5.20 says, Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul understood something. Paul was the one that taught us about grace. Paul taught us about being thankful. When you go back and you read and study the, the word thankfulness, It comes from two combined root words from the Greek. These two root words, and I'm sure I'm going to mess this up a little bit, but if you don't know Greek, it'll sound perfect. So number one was this. The first part comes from charisma. And it says, which comes from the word charis, which equals grace. So the first part of thankfulness or the first part of it is grace is what it means. The second part is from Homiligo, that's how you say it if you didn't know that, um, which means to confess slash acknowledge. So what he's saying here, thankfulness basically comes down to this, acknowledging grace. Now, when we understand grace, it's very simple this. Grace is unmerited favor. So grace is this. It's not about anything we've done. It's about what Jesus has done through us. So when we say, Lord, grace me today, there's nothing that you've done to have a great day, but God can bring a great day because of his grace. Grace allows you to ask for things that you shouldn't get, that you shouldn't have an opportunity to receive, but it's the grace that they have. Imagine this. If I went to Adrian and I asked Adrian, can I borrow... $500. And Adrian says, well, it'd be pretty tough, but here you go. He, he would give me $500 and I'd say, I'll pay you back, but it's going to be tough. It's going to, I'm going to have to pay you $2 every day. So every day I go to Adrian and I pay him $2 and $2 and $2. And I keep doing it And 20 days, 40 days, a hundred days go by, I pay $200 back. And all of a sudden God puts it on his heart that he should forgive that debt. Or for some reason, he just has compassion upon me for what I'm doing. And he said, you've been grateful. He said, I'm grateful that you paid back this 200 and you've been true to your word. I'm going to go ahead and waive 
the other $300. It's just yours. You keep that. And I'm like, no, 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 I want to pay you back. No, I'm giving you that money. You receive that. But I've done nothing. That's okay. Just receive it. That's what grace is. Nothing that you've done to earn it, all you get to do is receive it. So acknowledging grace in our lives. One of the ways that we can look at it very simply is this. When a door gets held open for you by a stranger. You've done nothing to earn that opportunity for that door to be open, but the gentleman or the lady or the child has opened the door for you. It's just a blessing. You acknowledge grace. That's what thankfulness is all about. Now that we understand what thankfulness is all about, let's look back at the word to how Jesus said to apply it. Ephesians 1, 5, 1 and 2, remember, said this, be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children and live a life full of love just as Christ loved and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So remember, the way that we become imitators of God is to start by having a thankful heart. We'd be grateful for what God has gotten us, what he's done for us. Number two, if you're taking notes, is this. Be free with your thankful heart. Be free with your thankful heart. Colossians chapter three, remember General Electric Power Company? So right after Philippians. Colossians chapter three, you guys are gonna be saying that for the, from now till the end of time. It's gonna be great. We're all gonna be in the same boat because I do that same thing. Colossians chapter three, verse 15 says this. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. Catch this. And be thankful. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Verse 17, and whatever you do, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, what he's saying, very simple, is this. Without thanksgiving, we can't honor God. We really can't. We, when we're not grateful for what we have, we're not willing to share those things. We become stingy. We become greedy. We become ungrateful. We don't become free sharing. But God said this, verse 15, remember, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. We did nothing to receive the peace, but other than ask God into our hearts. So it comes down, since we are members of one body and called to peace and be thankful. Don't get over getting saved. A lot of times, and I'm going to show you into the spiritual realm, what the enemy does is he hides things from us. When you think about your past, a lot of times it takes a little while for you to remember all that you've come through. Because what the spirit, what the enemy does, it would be like this big thing right here was the end of an escapade of whatever that is. You, you just remember this. I had all this fun. But this little guitar right here reminds you of all the heartache you went through. And what the enemy does is he stands in front of it and says, but look at this. Look at who you used to be and what you used to be able to do. Hiding what was terrible about what we went through. Until we allow the Holy Spirit to reveal it all. And then we remember. And then we become grateful and thankful 
for where we've become, I'm so thankful that I'm not that anymore. But I'm thank you, I have him to show me who I really am. It's a choice that we make. Paul gives us a key to enjoying this life. It starts with a thankful heart. A thankful heart. I have friends that have, their family's really been blessed financially. And because of that, their children have not had to earn much. I mean, it's amazing to me the stuff that they get. Um, they get, I mean, I remember growing up in my family, I, I've, I'd never owned a North Face jacket in my life. I grew up in Colorado. That was a big deal. I'd never owned one because my parents couldn't afford it. And I remember the first time I ever got blessed with a North Face jacket, I was so excited. I was like, I cannot believe this. This is so amazing because I didn't grow up with a lot. And I remember I had friends that had like four or five of them and that they would just like, nah, they would, I'm like, where's your jacket? And they're like, I don't know. Well, let's go find it. Nah, it's all good. I got more at the house. I'll go find it. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll find it if you don't want it. Trying to stash it in my bag. Oh, you lost it. Darn it. You know, it was all those things, you know, and I'm like, I don't get that thinking. I'm grateful for everything that I have. And, I, and what I mean by this is it's not about just looking at the material things and being grateful for that. It's about being thankful for what God has blessed us with and receiving those things and being able to freely give those things. I remember one of the first paintings that my wife and I bought was a uh, Thomas Kincaid painting. It was, I found it on sale at Hobby Lobby. I love this thing because Thomas Kincaid was a big deal. This was probably dates me a little bit, but Thomas Kincaid was a really, really big deal to have in our house. And I remember we had it for a long time. And I remember my wife one day said, I think God wants us to give that away. My first answer was not, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know it's going to be good. My first answer was, nope, nope, that's not going to happen. She said, no, I really believe it. And I said, well, believe it all you want. It's not happening. She's like, why? And I said, because that is an expensive painting. She looked at me and she said, do you not think God can do a better painting than that? Well, yeah, but that's our painting. <laughs> I'm trying to convince whatever I can to do those things. And, and, and what it was is I had become attached to that one thing, thinking this is all that God can do. Man, Thomas Kincaid painting is very small to what God can truly do. But until we become free with a thankful heart, we can't truly give. Now listen to this. It explains some incredible things right there. Let the peace of God which rules. And then it came down to be thankful. Now listen to why I believe this important. If you have trouble in your marriage, you're having trouble with your kids, you're having trouble at your job, listen. Because God gave us some keys right here. Remember this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. In the very end of that scripture says, and be thankful. Verse 18 says, and wives, submit to your husbands as fitting in the Lord. Well, that's not right. Wives, submit. Another way of understanding that it's not about submit, it's about respect. Wives, respect your husbands. And when you respect, you become thankful for your husband. I am thankful that I'm married. I am thankful for my husband. Therefore, I respect him because I'm thankful I have him. If I'm ungrateful for him, then I will not respect him. Therefore, it will be all about me. When you become thankful, it becomes about others. 
Continue on here. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. When you're unthankful, you become harsh. When you're thankful, you love. Thankfulness opens up the door for you to be receiving what's going on. Now, what about children? Children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. There's not a lot of kids in here, but you know what? We're still kids. I have my parents. If you're not thankful for your parents, you're not going to be honoring to your parents. You're going to be telling them where they're wrong, what they did wrong, what, who they need to be, what they need to do, instead of being thankful and allowing them to be who they are. That pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Do not provoke them. Do not push them. Do not push the buttons. Be thankful for your kids. 22, verse 22, it talks about slaves. Verse 23, I'm going to skip that. Verse 23 says this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as a working for the Lord, not for men. What's that mean? When you go to your job tomorrow, be thankful you have a job. Be thankful that you know what? I get to go to a job tomorrow. I get to get up in the morning or tomorrow's your day off. Be thankful it's your day off. But be thankful. When you're thankful for the boss that you have, even if they're the worst person in the world, God can still do amazing things through you. But if I'm not thankful, God can't do anything. Thankful opens the door to God being able to do amazing things. But you don't know who I deal with. You don't know my God then. Being thankful changes how you see, how you do, and how you act. When you honor God in those areas, it changes everything. The final thing I want you to understand is give thanks in all things. Number three, give thanks in all things. First Thessalonians chapter five, just keep going to the right. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16 says this, be joyful always. Verse 17, pray continually. And verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now that key point right there, three simple steps, be joyful, pray continually, and be thankful. I love that last statement because it says, give thanks in all circumstances. You know when the easiest days for us to give thanks is? Next Thursday. Because it's Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for all these people. My mother-in-law, Pastor Shelley, she, she does this thing that makes everybody feel extremely awkward and uncomfortable every year. We all stand in a circle and we hold hands. My cousin Jason went last year and he had to do this too. We all stand in a circle and we hold hands and we have to tell everybody what we're thankful for that year before we go forward. And it's a great thing, but it's very awkward because we're all just standing there staring at one person and then you go to the next one, you go to the next one, you go to the next one. And it just, you know, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for this. And, you know, you get some tears shed and men don't handle tears very well. You know, it's just a mess. It's just a whole mess in there. But... What it does is that's an easy day to remember to be thankful. But what about Monday morning? What about tomorrow morning? What about Friday morning? What about when you got a deadline coming up? You're stressed, you're worried. Be thankful in all circumstances. Let the peace of God come and dwell in your hearts. You know what? You may be doing those things. I look at Matt and Olivia Boggs back there and I think about what they deal with as police officers. Some of the rudest people that you will ever deal with are when you get pulled over. I can't imagine what they go through. But you know what? I got to be thankful. Thank you for the opportunity for me to share the love of God with them. It doesn't matter how angry they get, I can still be peaceful. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. When we become thankful, we become open to God. When we become open to God, 
all possibilities are open. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.